When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, and we are recording. As I was just telling Miss O'Malley, the expensive microphone is crapping the bed again. I'm going to go on a campaign to publicly shame this company unless they send me a new one or something. I don't know. Not that I've ever asked them for. It's the Scarlet microphone. The Scarlet, not important. That's not what we're talking about. Miss O'Malley, please introduce yourself. <laughs> All right. My name is Jody O'Malley. I am known now for being the Health and Human Services vaccine whistleblower uh, with Project Veritas. My story came out uh, last September um, with my hospital uh, where I went and undercover recorded conversations that were happening at the nurse's station in order to, you know, sound the alarm. So many people weren't seeing uh, what was happening in the hospitals or even listening to it. So um, I decided to show them uh, what was happening in real time. I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. I actually do remember watching that. How do you feel now from for all future listeners today, is Sunday, May 15th, 2022. How do you feel now with more revelations coming out, particularly the, the Pfizer papers, which were supposed to not come out until 2097, I think, but obviously they're out now. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts now? Do you feel vindicated at all? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Discernment. um, Thank God that he gave that to me in March of 2020 um, with the shutdown of the the world. Two weeks to slow the spread. Stay home. Healthy with the sick. uh, Six foot, you know, circles everywhere. Mask, faulty PCR testing, um, all of it. You know, I, I, I knew from the beginning, very, very early on that this pandemic was going to be driven by three things, asymptomatic transmission, um, mass, you know, you're going to kill somebody and not know it, which re- represented the fear and the faulty PCR numbers. And so how do I feel now? Um, you know, the Christian in me doesn't want to say I told you so, but <laughs> the, the the worldly Jody will say that. Um, you know, I, I haven't said it to my friends. I don't say that on Facebook, but, you know, it's like, hello, you know, do you do you see it now? You know, kind of thing. It's righteous anger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have a hard time with that as well trying to like be like hey remember the things that i think like the head the 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 ministry of truth the whoever the woman is uh the head of the disinformation governance board someone dug up an old tweet from hers where she was like how come no one told us the j and j vaccine was going to be dangerous and like i tweeted back at her like an interview i did with dr mccullough i'm like this got me permanently banned from youtube like people were saying this so Mm -hmm. there is a huge yeah uh an earthly, a worldly, uh, a flawed ego driven person. That's like, I told you so, but then there's the other part. That's like, I, I look at them more as victims. I'm like, they were lied to by people who we were all, I guess, trained and grew up to believe in people in white coats, the CDC, the FDA, it's, it's uncle Sam. It's these, these figures lied to you. And, so as much as I want to say, I told you so more so I look at it as like, I feel for them, you know, I feel that they, they got, they got abused, they got tricked. Yeah, uh, true, the average lay person, but I mean, what about the medical community? Oh, absolutely. You know, all, all it, all it takes is a, is a couple of, you know, maybe an hour of researching, you know, public health policy. Hey, have we ever done this before? You know, Hey, novel. What's novel about a respiratory virus? And it's going to be, you know, um, give, you know, it's going to be uh, spread from respiratory droplets, aerosols, 
you know, the respiratory route. So we're concerned about what we're breathing in and, you know, um, through our, our nose and our mouth that not toilet paper, not, not hand sanitizer. You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it's been a real doozy with, with them. <laughs> Do you think we're actually going to see any sort of like justice or, um, what word am I looking for? Any rectifying actions that, or is this going to be something where it's almost like the 2008 financial crash? It's like, oh, the bankers need a hang. And then it's like 14 years later and like nothing ever happened. And we just look at it as like a, they kind of wave your fist and then you go back to your day. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really don't. I, 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 the only thing that's going to get us out of this is um, people turning back toward God. You know, and just like how you said in 9-11, you know, the world started to, everybody was praying, everybody was going to churches, um, you know, communities were coming together, people were uniting. Um, it, it was amazing what was hap- what we were doing as in a country. Uh, but then you look at, you know, the past 20 years and we have driven further and further away from God. Um, than we ever have before. And, you know, uh, for me, you know, growing up in a, in a evangelical church where we heard um, end times prophecy pretty much every time we walked through the door, uh, when, when the planes were grounded for the most part in March and they said, we're, you know, slowing travel and everything. And the whole world got on board with this virus that, you know, China told us you know, I'll say this from the very beginning, we knew that it was the elderly that were affected. We knew that it was the people with, you know, um, you know, that were older primarily. And if you look through it, I spend so much time, Tommy, (laughs) daily, weekly, looking at the numbers. And I kept looking at the numbers and I'm like, they're not changing. They're not changing. It's the elderly. Our kids aren't affected. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was that kind of thing, you know, that what we had done, um, and, and people are blinded. Um, there definitely has been some like mass psychosis, if you will. I was just listening to your interview. Um, and it's true. Uh, it, it's propaganda messaging that happened. And, um, I, you know, I, I take it this way. I traveled all throughout COVID and you would go to the airport and I would be literally maybe 1% of the people, maybe half a percent of the people that didn't have their mask on while they were walking in the airport terminals. Right. Um, I, I felt like I was really the only one, uh, me and my kid, you know, cause he wouldn't wear it either. And, um, and then I go and I travel. I just come back from Alaska and, you know, they reversed the mandate and, um, and now you got 10% of people wearing the mask. I mean, that's a huge flip, right? From all of a sudden overnight, one judge said, you don't have to wear it anymore. And people took it off. They took it off, which was telling you that they didn't believe it in, in the first place, but they were following orders. If you like, It'd be like if you went to a war zone as like a journalist and like the whatever, the the general or the commander of the base was like, hey, Jody, you don't have to wear the bulletproof vest. You'd be like, OK, I'm still going to wear. I know I would. I'd be like, I'd be like, thank you for the permission. I'm going to keep my helmet on while I sleep. I'm in a war yes. zone. Right. It's because you believe in it. Right. Right. It's you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like if uh, yeah, or like a if there's like a hole punctured in your airplane, and the pilot was like, "You don't have to wear that oxygen mask." And be like, "Cool, dude, I'm not taking it off." Right. Absolutely, yeah. that's a very good analogy. Yes. Um. So that just told me, uh, you know, I mean, I have more respect for that person that has three masks on, right now, on that yeah. airplane, than I do for ninety percent of those people that were sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, because at least like you could they they believed in it. Like all they right, they believe sure. it. Sure, they and that's it. and more importantly, like 
I don't I don't care if you wear a mask. Like knock your socks off. Go wild. Wear one forever. I don't give a shit. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just do it. But on the other hand, you know, there is something more unique about this in that just like everyone with the vaccine now, no one really cares if you have it or not. But there are a lot of people walking around with it who are thinking, like, do I have some dormant problem? Do I have myocarditis oh I'm at, I'm at the gym am i just out of breath I, I didn't get it so when i'm at the gym i'm out of breath i'm like all right you're just fat like work right. work harder <laughs> eat less work harder True that. but i can i mean today i was wind i was i dialed up the weights a bit and i was winded and i was just thinking like dude if i had the vaccine i'd be having a panic my mom's a nurse i'd be calling her every day i'd be freaking out i mean there's yeah. got to be a lot of people who that's no one wants to admit it. And who knows? Maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe no one's thinking that. But no. do, you, do you feel like there, there's probably like an undertone of that or an undercurrent, whatever the right word is? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the saddest, one of the sad, I mean, I, I've heard so many stories after my story had come out. Um, I, I had hundreds, if not thousands of people, probably thousands, absolutely thousands of people coming out and saying, thank you. Um, you know, thank you for what you did. I knew something was wrong. Um, you know, now I'm questioning it. Now my doctor, my doctor doesn't see it. Um, you know, all of these things, but I remember my friend picking me up from the airport um, after my story had uh, broke about four days later, I had a wedding to go to in my hometown of Chicago and she just broke down. She broke down. She's like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take it. Why did I take it? And she had, you know, we hadn't really talked much like the six months, probably. Um, This is a friend I've known since I was 15. So we don't have to talk every day. Um, But she had kind of backed off, you know, from like listening to what I was saying, you know, and, um, and, you know, most people that live in Chicago, they're liberal um, for the most part, I would say, Um, lean more liberal, but have conservative values, but like to call themselves liberal and they vote liberal. But anyway, <laughs> um, and she just like broke down and and she would cry over the, over the next, you know, week that I was there with her, at, you know, randomly sitting there over her eggs in the morning at breakfast, just start crying and saying, you know, I, 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 I can't believe I, I didn't listen to my body. Now I don't even know what my body's trying to tell me. You know, sad, very sad. And then, and then, you know, you want to tell people it'll be okay, but I can't say like, you know, with certainty, like they coming out with this, you know, they're safe and effective. I can't say, don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. I can't, you know, because we know um, what, what, what we do know is that it does mess with our immunity over time. And, um, you know, thankfully she only, you know, took those two injections and, you know, I did, you know, I was able to say with some certainty, like, listen, if you haven't had any issues yet, your body probably, um, you know, took care of it. But, you know, if you, if you continue to feel like this, um, I would really question getting it again. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to get it again. I wouldn't tell anybody I love to take it. My, my mom, my dad, you know, my kids, none of us have it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't have it. I'm one of the only people I know who doesn't have it, and it it's just like you. And I don't know it's not, it's it's such low hanging fruit, but I mean, like you gotta listen to your gut, like that primal part of you that's kept your ancestors alive for ten million years. Mm-hmm. Just that general. Like when the hair stands up on you, you know, when something's just not right. right, you can't put a finger. It's not like, it's not like there's a, there's a guy in your front yard at three in the morning holding a knife and you're like, something's not right. Yeah. Well, no shit. Something's not right. But like, mm-hmm. it's more mm-hmm. so when you just, you, sometimes you'll meet people. There's just something where you're like, I don't, maybe it's paranoia. I don't know. But mm-hmm. there was something about this from the get go. Mm-hmm. Just the, and as someone that got into medical school, like as someone that's not, I'm not some, you know, you don't need any medicine. No, you need a lot of medicine. I did get a booster during the pandemic. I got my tetanus booster because it had been like 15 years. Like I, I clearly believe in it. 
but there was something from the get-go that was just which eventually led to me getting banned from youtube but there's just something so uncomfortable that i still can't really put a finger on i mean i could flush it out and be like you know the mass coordinated campaign the ostracizing of everyone anyone that speak uh spoke out the you know smashing of any doctor that spoke out but even aside from that there's still something i just can't put a finger on that every part of my body was like no like over my dead body you're not putting this in me mm-hmm. and yeah you have to listen to that and i can't i can't imagine what it, what it would be like to give in and then retroactively just kind of stew in regret you're right Right. I I like to call that um I like to call that God, you know, okay, our, yeah. our the Holy Spirit um just telling us because you know there's if you just Google like little whisper or God's voice or something in the Bible, there'd be many scriptures. I'm I'm a real bad Christian and in, in remembering scriptures. If somebody starts it off, I can I can sometimes finish it. Um, but I know how it makes me feel, right? And um, and there's many times where you know he comes to us and he tells us, like, I come to you as a little whisper. And, um, you know, and it's like, we have the Holy spirit here that's on earth right now as our comforter, as our, as our guide while, you know, Jesus is up in heaven with the father before he returns. And, um, and, you know, I had another whistleblower, um, friend that I know, and she had told me, you know, cause I was questioning, you know, entering into a business relationship and, and I said, I'm just not really sure. And she's like, Jody, you know, it, you have to look for that peace. It's that peace um, that can only be given through God because our eyes are going to be fooled. Our ears are going to be fooled. And the only thing that we have to stand on is the peace that the, that God gives us that no that allows us to know that we're in his will. And I'm like, all right, you're right. You're right. And then, you know, and then I just, you know, prayed and I was like, you know, um, just show me, show me a sign, you know, lead me. And, um, yeah. And, and he, and he did throughout this entire time. So, you know, I I know you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They asked me this, but it's like I had, you know, told him to use me in June of 2020. Um, I had already had so much scientific evidence of what was happening, um, even though it was novel, you know, um, as as um, a medical person, it's like we are taught and as a nurse, we are taught evidence based practice. And that means that we do things based on the best evidence we have available. Right. We don't make things up. Um, and like we did as a society with all of this. And, um, and, you know, in June, I, you know, I have like one of my Facebook posts because I'm writing a book and, and, you know, they had asked me, you know, have you journaled? And I said, no, I don't journal. But then I realized I did. I journaled a lot on, um, Facebook and Instagram and, um, and one of the pop-ups came up and in June I had asked God to like, let me get off of social media because I didn't want to be on it anymore. I was getting so many threats and, and just evil, you know, people like coming at me because I was, you know, speaking out against the narrative and, you know, then he, then somebody would, you know, message me and say, thank you. I was going to commit suicide, but I didn't, you know, and, or something like insane. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just keep going on that. (laughs) Even though I didn't want to, you know, no, I had that with, with I think the first episode I got suspended for before I got banned was with Dr. Roger Hodgkinson. And there was just so, such like a guttural feeling of like, like, and my, like my, mind you, I have to frame this as someone that's like building this into like 
my income. This isn't like a little pet project. This is my life. This is my job. So it's not just like, you know, like, dude, what did you care? It was a YouTube channel. Like, no, this is what I, I didn't do medical school. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, you know, like, so all my eggs are in this basket. Like, that's how much this means to me. But that also goes to show just how powerful the feeling in me that was like, you can't stop. You can't stop talking about this. And it doesn't matter what it is. And I've said this from the get go. I don't care if it was COVID or I mean, you know, whatever. It could be don't talk about the full moon, it, anything. Don't talk about dogs barking. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. There is just something that was so strong inside of me that was like, I can't shut. And it might just be kind of like that, the arrogant, hard headed Irish guy in me that was like, fuck you. Don't tell me what I can talk about. <laughs> like, I'm going yeah. to I'm going to keep interviewing these people. Um uh-huh. But there was something that was like, I can't shut up about. There was just something so creepy about these. And again, it's one thing if it's me. But when I'm interviewing Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Merrick, Dr. Urso, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Ne- on and mm-hmm. on and on, like the most respected individuals in their field. And I'm just being systematically like silenced, shadow banned, removed. Man, it doesn't take two brain cells to go. Something's going on, mm-hmm. and, and even if, and, you, and that's another thing about kind of critical thinking is like you don't have to know what it is that's going on. You know, you don't have to. It's like Scooby Doo or something. Like you can just you can find a clue, right? Yeah. You don't you don't necessarily know what it is, but you know something's going on, and mm-hmm. you, you just can't shut up. And that was kind of my experience with, it. and it's, it still is to a degree is mm-hmm. uh, no like i can't shut up yeah again not that you asked about that but no but you know you bring up a good point um because when i had to have my ethics evaluation um uh, done because the state board of nursing arizona board of nursing um required me to undergo an ethics evaluation um i had found out that in order to be a whistleblower you have to have just really it's the lowest body of evidence that is needed okay the lowest body of evidence and i thought wow oh that that's that's intense and then when he explained it to me he said you know how like when you're you know you're taking care of a, a patient and you might suspect child abuse and you have to report it and i said yes and he goes you don't need to know for sure yeah. that there is you just need to have a feeling something is telling you not just a feeling but you know you have to have you know a couple of different things that are yeah. pointing could this be child abuse and if you think could this be um you know child abuse then you have a mandate duty um your mandate duty you're mandated to report that and um it's so just the same as a whistleblower it's like you don't need to know all of it you just need to have a feeling in a sense that something isn't lining up here so um you know i'll just throw that out there so your listeners can hear that because there's a lot more of us that need to come out you know there's a lot more of us you know that are that come to me and tell me all of their you know problems and what they're seeing but you know so very few are willing to be public about it can you kind of walk me through like what led to you being a whistleblower like what like what were the steps that finally culminated in you doing it well um okay so i told you about in the beginning you know i went through all the science on and on you know shutting down the society and everything that that would um, entail, the the drug abuses, um, you know, the homicides, the domestic violence, the sexual assaults on children, all of that stuff. Um, and I knew I, I'd been watching it happen and it was very hard to see. So I'm a critically care trained. I'm a ICU nurse. I'm an ER nurse and I'm also a hospital supervisor. So on any given day, when I report to work, I could be in any of those roles. 
And um, so I had seen everything, you know, um, transpire as far as like COVID, BS COVID admissions, you know, all of that stuff. And um, in October, I had known enough about um, early treatment that I had gotten it in my cabinet and I had told my friends and family to get it in their cabinet of October of 2020 um, because it was so safe, you know? And uh, then we had the vaccine rollout. Um, so I work for the Native Americans exclusively and they are the highest affected population, I want to say in the world, um, at least in the United States. Yes. Um, of deaths. Yep. The highest by five, six times higher. Why is that? Um, why is that one makeup genetics? Um, but also, you know, you also have other people, you know, like, um, Hispanics and African-Americans that are prone to kidney issues and diabetes and stuff. But for the native Americans, um, they're a special group in the sense that many of them, you know, live in multi-generational households and they live on the reservations with no running water or anything. And you go and you put the fear of God in these people and you tell them to stay home and not go outside and not open a, a window and, um, you know, to eat horrible food. Um, because typically their diets consist of poor choices and, uh, anyway, and then, and then you tell them all to stay in the house and, you know, sickness just went through it like wildfire and, um, you know, we didn't treat them appropriately. And if they already have, you know, a propensity to diabetes and, um, kidney issues, um, the drug remdesivir that we were giving was um, really knocking that out, you know, and um, and I believe that you know that um, really killed a lot of people as well. And then you have the vaccine um, or the injection um, that you know I think has done a lot of them in as well. Um, many many issues with autoimmune diseases, cancers re- reoccurring, that type of thing. Um, but so that happened in um, December and uh, January. We got our uh, second wave of admissions, and um, and at this time we also um, had the vaccine rollout. So we were seeing a ton of people coming in COVID positive, but just very shortly after the vaccine, right? Mm. A few days or so. And, um, you know, the talk at the nurses station and stuff was, oh, well, they should have gotten it earlier. You know, maybe they should have gotten it in December when they, you know, it first came out. And it's like, man, there's something up here, you know. And since then, VAERS and IHS has released a statement showing that COVID-19 disease after vaccination is an adverse event of special interest um, that must be reported and definitely was not reported. So go through that, um, you know. I I still was researching the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine and anybody that I knew personally that came to me, um, I would tell them here, here's a doctor that's prescribing. And so I became texting friends with the physician that was prescribing and all of the great outcomes we were having with it, that by July that was when our uh, third wave came up, July, August, um, we were getting a whole nother set of admissions with people. um, And they were super sick this time. They were sicker than I'd ever seen them be before. And nobody was talking about early treatment. And at this time, I was, I was absolutely done watching people die. Um, at, at, at that point in August, everybody that we had intubated, um, for that three months, um, had passed away. So, well, you know, there was no good outcomes and we were still telling people to go home. There's nothing we could do for you. Come back if you can't breathe. And then we're going to give you, you know, the one and only drug, you know, that was approved by NIH essentially. And, um, and at that time, I didn't know anything about remdesivir other than I knew that it wasn't working. Everybody could agree with that. 
but what really turned the tides um and i guess my prayers were answered because i was very close to leaving and going and picketing at the reservations you know i even told my boss that i'm going to quit and i'm going to go tell these natives that there's early treatment and i'm done and and she's like jody you know just stay i know it's slow moving with the government but you'll do so much good here you know just work with us and an er doctor who actually told me about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine two years prior um had said to me it's chest not checkers hmm. so just stick with it and i and i was like fine fine but then when I come to work one day and I find out that my coworker who did not want to take the vaccine, who was offered it in December of 2020, and now it's August, um, two weeks later after um, her first injection, um, she's in the hospital as one of our admits and is uh, COVID positive. And I said, oh, are you kidding me? You know, and I said, how much oxygen is she on? And they're like, she's not requiring any. And I'm like, then why is she here? Why are we admitting her? Her blood pressure, everything good? Yeah. And they said, well, they want to give her remdesivir. And I said, but she doesn't even qualify for remdesivir because her oxygen is normal. And they're like, well, they want to try it. And I was like, okay. And um, I had went to see her, make a long story short. She had told me she wanted to try those meds that I had been talking about for like almost a year. And I told her nurse that she wanted to try Avermectin and um, her nurse asked her nurse if she had found, if she knew anything about it. And she said, um, I maybe a little bit. And I said, we'll research it. Here's a website, do some research. I gave her FLCCC and she said, yeah, let's try it. And I said, yeah, awesome. Call the hospitalist. And she called the hospitalist, called me back and said, the hospitalist said that she won't um, prescribe it because it's controversial. And, and I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to fly. Um, so I called the hospitalist and the nurse into my office. And I told the doc, I said, with all due respect, um, all due respect, doc, being controversial isn't a reason not to practice medicine. Do you know anything about this drug? And she said, yes. And I said, well, will you look at it and look up um, her, her uh, HMP and, and see if she can take it? And then I found out that she ordered it. And I was like, yes, she ordered it. Then I get a call that, um, that the pharmacist said that she's not going to fill it because um, she's uh, not following um, because she has to follow orders. And that when, when the a pharmacist refused to dispense it, I called her to my office and that's when I did my first recording. Uh-huh. And um you know, and even, even still now, like the pharmacist has an order of protection on me, um, telling me that, um, you know, that I'm a danger to her because other people reach out to her, um, and all of this stuff. And she's trying to get me right now. Like, you know, she's got spies all over the place and, you know, she's trying to get me now to, um, not be able to use the name pharmacist. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's when I, um, I was, I was done. I was like, I need, I need to hear what this lady is going to tell me. And when she told me she was just following orders and she knows nothing about the drug that she is refusing, that she is not going to lose her job. Um, she loves this patient but she's not losing her job over it. And I said, well, can you at least research it? You know, and she's like, I don't have the time. Oh, f- mm-hmm. did she say it in a German accent too? I was just following orders. And it's, it's nuts. It's, I, I, you know, honestly, I think she may be German. It, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> but, like I follow orders, father, father orders, my grandfather. You're like, oh, all right, back down. I know. I was just thinking of her last name and I'm like, 
<laughs> that's the first time I ever connected the two. Her last name's like Reinhardt or Eichmann. You're like, oh, right. God Almighty. She's like, I was just following Otto's frown. You're like, I mean, God it, Almighty. It, it, and it's so sad because, you know, here, here, look at this, Tommy. It's like, it's been eight months since my story broke, right? And I'm in court with her a month ago. Yeah. And she's still doing everything she can to get me to be quiet instead of her doing some research on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's putting makeup on after your spouse has beat you. You're like, right. I just don't want there to be problems. And it's like, right. Yeah. No, neither do we. There are problems. Like we can go fix the problems at home. No, 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 no. I just don't want there to be problems. It's like, dude, that's, but I mean, little things like that, and it sounds, it's again, it's so cliche, but like, that's where it makes sense when it's like, how did that happen? Oh, it's, you know, evil's allowed to persist when good men do nothing or good women do nothing. Yep. You really see it there. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not exaggerating or being dramatic because there are people that died because they didn't get early treatment. There are tons right. of people that died. Dr. Freed right. says 99% of COVID deaths were because they didn't get early treatment. Right. And right. we just passed the million death mark. Like that's, you yeah. see what happens. So like, no, it, it doesn't all happen with one person, but you see what happens when you just follow orders. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. I just want my job. Yeah. Well, that's when, right. When a million and everybody people, is doing that. Yeah, everybody is doing that. They're still doing it, you know? Yeah. At my hospital that I work at, so it's government ran, and we are pretty much ran by the United States Public Health Commission Corps. So these are military people that, you know, have made a career out of taking out of, orders. Yeah. So, you know, so they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that quote, again, another cheesy quote, but it's no single raindrop thinks it's responsible for the flood. Right. And it's like, well, you know. All right. So. We started recording. What then it goes with uh, Project Veritas? What repercussions did you receive? Just out of my own curiosity. What? Well, I'm you... still employed. Okay. By Phoenix Indian Medical Center. Eight yeah. months later, I get a paycheck every two weeks. Um, interesting, huh? Yeah. Very interesting. So, once my story broke, I got a call saying I was on administrative leave. Um, and then two weeks after that, they called me every 30 days telling me that I am on investigative leave. My investigative leave ended two months ago and they put me on notice leave. (laughs) So now I asked them what notice leave meant. And they said that some, um, adverse, uh, event is going to um, transpire. Either I'm going to get suspended, I'm going to be on probation, or I'm going to be terminated. And I said, okay. But then last, you know, about a month ago, I, at the same time, I had just had my annual performance review and I was one-tenth of a percent of uh, away from not one-tenth of a percent I I received a score of 4.4, where 4.5 would have been exceptional. So I was above average, um, having blown the whistle. (laughs) So it kind of seems like... I mean, make it make sense, Tommy. Make it make sense. (laughs) uh, Don't don't put that on me. It's um, (laughs) I can't make one plus one equal three, but it sounds like what it is is they're towing the line they're having their cake and they're eating it too they're technically not firing you because that would open up a whole bag of shit for them Mm -hmm. but they're kind of keeping you at arm's length yeah like i didn't do anything wrong right i got exonerated by the board of nursing i upheld my ethics yeah so if i upheld my ethics well then that can only mean that they did not so they're looking in a mirror it's like when you see someone the exact same age as you who's just mm-hmm. doing something like great and like part of you hates it, but it's more so because deep down, you know, that that's what you're capable of. You're like, I could deep down. I know if I like hit the gym more, I could look like that. Or deep down, I know I could have better manners or I could dress better or I could whatever, just be a, a more upstanding member of society or be a better son or boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. And like part of you is like, screw that guy. And it's like, 
it's because there's a there's an anger in you that like if I see someone my age in the NBA, but they're seven foot two, and I'm like I'm five ten, I'm like yeah, there's really that mean no. But if I saw another five ten white Irish guy in the NBA, I might be like fuck that guy, you, <laughs> right. you know. But it's because deep down I'm like there's a guy that just took all odds and went against it. So I feel like that's maybe if I can make sense of it, maybe there's something like that. They're looking at you and you did the right thing. You, you didn't follow orders. You upheld your oath. You, you did the thing that you don't regret. And now, and it always feels like time will never pass, you know, despite living 31 years, it always seems like the next year is just like infinitely far away. And then a year passes and you go, oh, another year went by. And then you're convinced that the next year is never going to pass. But it's like a year always goes by. There's something about that where, I mean, even like doing episodes that I knew were going to get me banned, I was like, I feel like I'm never going to be like exonerated. And then just like that, I mean, it's over a year later. I'm like, oh, I was in the right. And I can like stand on that. I can go, I did the right thing. And you can kind of pat yourself on the back. You're like, you're like, I, when this situation came, like I rose to the occasion. I would imagine that they're maybe seeing that or they're projecting that because they're like, oh, she did the right thing. And like, we have to look that in the eyes. That's it my best be, shot at making, yeah. making sense of it. That's that's my best shot. You said make sense of it. That's my best <laughs> And it could be because, you know, my story that came out, it was a young guy in his 30s that had uh, myocarditis, pericarditis, congestive heart failure two weeks post vaccination. I also, you know, showed a 15 year old kid that had bilateral uh, blood clots on both sides of his lungs. Sorry, I'm just getting over a little cold, but um, no, you're fine. My allergies are killing me. It's fine. And um, so I, it, I think it did. It, yeah. I mean, you know, now, now Pfizer has a myocarditis as a warning, you know, J and J didn't they get like, they just pulled. got pulled from the market yeah. in the U.S. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you don't want to say I told you so because there's no, there's no, like, benefit in that. Like, there was a guy, and this is going to be, this is a really exaggerated example, so by no means am I putting myself or yourself in that situation. But to use an exagger- exaggerated example, there was a guy that, notice uh some other passengers on a plane and some of it was profiling because they're islamic guys but he noticed like what they're i think what they're talking about and taking note and it looked like they're like taking note on like when the stewardesses go back and forth and you know uh when they're at cruising altitude how far away the cockpit was and he reported it to the fbi and i never went anywhere and it was a couple months before 9-11. And it turns out he was on a flight with some of the hijackers who were going on dry runs. That guy probably gets no value out of saying, I told you so, because 3,000 people burned alive. Right. So you don't get any value out of, like, every loved one I have has the vaccine. No part of me wants to be like, ha, your heart's fucked. Like, I don't, right. excuse my French, but like, I don't, what i don't want that right i don't want that at all but at the other point you're also like hey like we need to look at this like i was right had nothing to do with me like let's remove my ego Mm -hmm. but now we need to look into this we can't just go all right yeah you're right like no 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 what happened what propagated and how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again that's the big thing is you have to go how do we make sure this doesn't happen again because yeah COVID's kind of over, right? It's kind of, it's not the main thing anymore. But we all just saw how quickly the whole world could be turned upside down. And just like that pharmacist following orders, we all saw how quickly the vast majority of the population was absolutely a-okay with ratting on their neighbors and with you providing, again, that German heritage, you got to provide your papers. Like, not even like how did this happen? Well, it happened slowly over years. No, in like it in like in like two two in like two years, less than two years. In a year, we went from the biggest story being like Notre Dame was on fire and Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed to 
you will show your papers or you cannot belong to society. Like no time at all. This wasn't a 30 year thing where they boiled the frog. No, no, no. Like the German concentration camps started in 1933. The death camps, I want to say, started in like 1939, 1940. Even that was seven years. This was a year, a year and change that it went from nothing bad to value papers. Are they up to date? Provide your papers. Get get the plague rats out of here. Mm-hmm. It dialed up so quickly that as much as I don't want to say, like, I told you so, we kind of have to examine this because at any given moment, we are a year away, as we just saw with our own eyes and ears. This isn't anecdotes from your grandparents. As we just saw, at any given moment, we are 12 months away from half the society demanding you provide papers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where like, that's kind of like where I am. Like the reason I keep doing these podcasts, like, people are like, dude, it's like the mandates are over. Like the Pfizer papers are out. Why, like, why are you still interviewing? I'm like, because this can't happen again. Like originally I did them because I wanted to get the story out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing them because this can't happen again. Right. This cannot happen again. And we just saw how quickly it happened. And that's why that's why I'm still kind of hammering at home. That's why I want to see justice done. Because at any given moment, we're another year away from people saying, provide your papers. Like, mm-hmm. that's unsettling. Like, that's very unsettling. I don't know where yeah, I'm going with you, this. Sorry, I'm getting all are you. Up. Are you familiar with um, the World Health Assembly convening in May? Um, they're like a little part of the World Health Organization. Is that where they're like remote, like? like all the nations are signing on that if there's another pandemic, they'll relinquish their sovereignty. Yep. It's like Bill Gates writing that book, the next pandemic. Like, dude, I thought that's like OJ writing the book. If I did it, like, what do you mean the next one? I thought this was a once in a century thing. Right. And even now, but we're seeing even Bill Gates came out. Wasn't it last week? There's an interview where he goes, you know, while we now know that it really only affects the elderly, we could treat it like a flu. Mm-hmm. The thing that if you said you'd get banned, and I know because I was, they're just coming out and saying like, well, we now know, you know, like a Rochelle Walensky is like, well, you know, a lot of people were hoping that the vaccines were perfect. And the reality is, is science isn't black and white. It's a lot of gray area. And it's like, you mother, and like, you know what they're doing. They're gaslighting you because they want yep. us to overreact. They want Irish, white Irish guys like me to get red in yep. the face. So I'll try not to give it to them. But yeah, like that's why I'm still kind of hammering it home is because, yeah, as he said, they're signing that thing where it's like in the off chance of another pandemic, which we just war gamed very, very well. Would you guys all sign over your national sovereignty? Just just as a random shot in the dark, you know, if it ever happened again, just if it ever happened, it's like, what are you you demons cooking up? Well, and it's like the Biden administration um, proposed these changes. So what they're trying to do is just put it on the World Health Organization and saying that, in my opinion, you know, because he knows that he doesn't have the power to really do it to us. Right. Because We'll just rise up. Let's let's put all the onus on the World Health Organization and and say that, oh, it's 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 for global health. Right. And it's like, yeah. Well, that's that's a play that's out of the playbook from the dawn of time. Whenever you'd conquer lands, you'd never make men from that town become soldiers for the emperor because they knew everyone in the town. You'd always take men. Let's just for example, you always if you conquered Atlanta, you don't take the men from Atlanta and make them Gestapo members because they know everybody in Atlanta. Like I lived in Atlanta. What you do is you conquer Atlanta and you conquer Boston and you take all the men from Boston. Hey, go kick down the doors in Atlanta. You don't give a shit. What are you now? And all the hate goes, oh, those Boston guys. And then you take all the guys from Atlanta, throw them up to Boston. Hey, hate on all these rednecks. They were doing that in the Roman Empire. Like This isn't a new thing. So, no, it's not us. It's the World Health Organization. Right. 
Right. I think and, and the same way as they get away with saying, oh, that um, this vaccine doesn't qualify under the Nuremberg Code because it's not experimental because, <laughs> you know, they went to a clinical trial and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, dude, Maybe it, you need <laughs> that's well, I, I remember that article where it was like, no fact checkers say this technically isn't i'm like the fact that you have to put out an article that says hey we checked technically we're not violating the laws that came in place after the nazis burned 12 million people like that's uh-huh. that's that's like uh that's like saying like yeah no i went i went on a date with this girl and no no, no i looked up the local laws it technically wasn't rape and it's like dude what the fuck did you just say like it's like if you get pulled over and you're like, officer, technically, I know I'm under the legal limit. And they're like, I was pulling you over for a taillight. And you're like, oh, like, right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but that's yeah. We checked. We didn't violate the Nuremberg Code. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no one asked. But <laughs> well, and here's something interesting that I found out. So, you know, when they did the Roe v. Wade and um, I guess they tried to get it codified. I want to say codified, but codified. I think yeah, it's I think codified. It's... I, whatever. I don't know what it is. Yeah. C O D I F I E D. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what law. it is either. And they didn't, you know, they weren't successful. Then I heard Dr. Richard Urso speak and say, you know, we need to have the Nuremberg Code uh, codified into law. And then I was like, wait a second. It's not. Like, this is just something, you know, humanitarian ethics, you know, on experimentation that we should should just do because we're good humans. This isn't law. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just something that we should be doing. But it's yeah. not codified, codified into national or international law. Well, on on that kind of to branch from that, it's like uh it's kind of like gun laws when people are like why do you need a gun it's like so i don't get robbed and they're like well uh there are gun laws so no one has guns and it's like that's not how it it's not how it works hey every mass every mass shooting guess what there are laws in that state that say you can't go shoot people and it still happens like the idea that like nukes should be illegal how do you how are you going to enforce that hey technically it was illegal for Russia to invade Ukraine. But how do you force that? I mean, at a certain point, there are no more cops to call. You're at the highest level. So like, yeah, like the Nazis killing 6 million Jews, like that was illegal. What what, what good did that do? Hey, this is illegal, Hitler. Doesn't give a shit. So yeah, I kind of have my own qualms with that where it's like, oh, this wasn't even law. And it's like, well, what does law even really mean if they just shut down the world, did a massive censorship campaign and gaslit and coerced everyone into taking an experimental jab and then drop the mandates and come out and go, well, technically you didn't have to get it. Right. Like, what does any of it even really mean? Yeah. Not that you have the answer. Not that I have the answer. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I like the way your mind thinks. <laughs> my mind is my mind is chaotic and manic and I have to try to contain it in some reasonable sense. <laughs> But I, I think the the one and I'll try to we'll try to wrap up on like a positive note. For me, the silver lining in all of this is like we just saw like what a lot of people really are. Like not to not to sound like a total like incel and quote the Joker from Batman, but I mean that line from like the Heath Ledger one where he's like we have all of our laws, but when the chips are down, people will eat each other. Like we just saw how quickly in a year it went from like, yeah, no dude, society's awesome to like, where are your papers? You dirty plague rat. And it's like, excuse me, you know, to the government, we got to go door to door. And it's like, what are you talking about? To me, the upside is, is we just saw that and you got to see a lot of people for what they really are. Yeah. And even though it's over now, like, you now know, you can't you can't oh, i was just kidding i was just kidding about the mandates and it's like no you fired me like you mm-hmm. fired me because i wouldn't take this thing that my doctor said i shouldn't take i think that there's an upside with that and i also think that i don't know i think that kind of and i hate the term 
people are waking up. People have been saying that people are waking up for the dawn since the dawn of time. No, uh, the the vast majority of them are not. But if anything, just labeling everything disinformation, I think that got a lot of people aware of the idea that like, hey, if it's if it's labeled disinformation, it's probably true. And we're also seeing that just because the government says it doesn't mean that it's right. And don't oh, don't appeal to authority. Well, they said it. Well, who the hell are they? How much money are they getting from Pfizer? Is that a coincidence? Mm-hmm. So as the whistleblower, what are some silver linings to this? It's not, is it all just doom and gloom? <laughs> Listen, I I still want to see nurses speak up. Yeah. Um, we need to empower nurses to to stand up and uphold their their ethics and their oath that they took. Um, they are the ones who are running this hospital. Um, they they may get you know the orders from the doctor, but it's up to them um, if they are going to carry it out. And if they are seeing um, that there's, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people, how many nurses come to me and say, I know something's not right, or I am getting bullied at the nurse's station, um, the way they are discriminating against patients. And this is happening and, it, and it's continuing to happen. And um and I think we just need to empower um, nurses to come forward. Courage is contagious. And, um, and when I say come forward, I mean, speak your truth. Yeah. I mean, talk. Don't let people silence you because you may think that that's not how they think, you know, or they, they don't want to hear what you have to say. The days of being silent and, you know, putting your head down um, are over. They are over. Like, look at, do you put, if you are one of those people that have, you know, that little inkling in their spirit that something isn't right. And you've had that little inkling for a long time, but you've kept your head down because you need to collect a paycheck, right? Because you need to support your family and your kids. What kind of world are you leaving to them? You know, I, and people, people say this to me, like, I don't even know how they can even open their mouth and say it to me. Like, oh, I, I, I could, I want to do it, but I can't do it because, you know, I have student loans. Yeah. Well, I got tens of thousands of them. Um, oh, I couldn't do it because I'm a single parent. You know, my, I, I you know, raised my kid by myself. Yeah, me too. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I have a pension. That's a good job. Yep. So did I. I was making six figures base salary without any overtime. Trust me, leaving my cake government job is not something I ever wanted to do. I thought I would be there forever. I was actually planning on going back and and getting my MP um, in psych uh, because I knew how much people were going to need that given what we've done to society. And they were going to pay for that $60,000. I didn't have to pay for it. So I just, I, you know, when I say, when you, you want to hear a silver lining, the silver lining is that people are waking up um, and and they are saying Jesus's name more and more and more. And they're, they they don't, you know, the, the stigma associated with it is kind of gone. You know, that is the positive. That is the biggest positive is that people are recognizing that they need to take care of their spiritual health. Yeah. And, um, you know, because their mental health, every time you go to work and you get that paycheck in your bank every two weeks, like I was, I, I, I looked at myself and I was like, okay, what do I have to do in order to blow the whistle? Well, I'm not buying that new car. Yeah. Well, I'm staying in my apartment. I'm not going to buy that house. Yeah. You know, um, you know, those types of things, like what can you dial back on in order to be able to have your integrity in intact? And, and sleep well at night and be able to tell your kids that you did do something, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, wanna, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was wonderful. One of my, one of my, uh, one of my military combat veteran friends had, had a great line and it's, it used to be, I can't speak up. I have a wife and kids. And now it's, I have to speak up. I have a wife and kids. Right. Like, what do you, and yeah, it does that eats away at your soul. 
Like mm-hmm. I remember after my first suspension, I would just like not talk about COVID. And there was just a little part in me that was like, Oh, I'm not allowed to say the bad words. Oh, I'm not. A-. And it was just, there was like a little, you know, instead of like the little angels or demons on your shoulder, there's just a little thing on my shoulder. That's just like, you pussy bitch. Like you can't even, you, Oh, you can't say the bad word. Like you're a grown ass man. And oh, I'm too scared to talk about COVID. Like I'd gone on podcasts where like beforehand they're like, and uh, you know, no, no band topics. And I was like, grab your balls like are they there or not like hey. uh, we can't talk about this but aside from that we're going to talk about raging against the machine like except for the part where we can't talk about the COVID thing and it's like right. and it's yeah it would be a lot easier it's very it is very difficult trying to build a podcast and you're sending emails to potential guests and then you have to include the part where you're it's like telling them you're a felon you're like oh and you know why can't you find, and you have to include it in the email because a hundred percent eventually asks, how come I can't find you on YouTube? Well, as a thing that was kind of permanently banned, why were you permanently banned from YouTube? What, what did you possibly do? You know, what were you doing a Nazi salute? Were you talking about like rape? No, no I talked about COVID. Right. Like there is a thing now, granted it's not, it wasn't a six figure job like yours, but there is part of you that's like, yeah, man, like this is my job. This is my well-being. This is what pays for my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's not easy doing what you know you should do, and everybody's making fun of you. Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. You're. But the upside is, is man, there's no greater feeling, yeah, than when you know you did the right thing. That's right. Even it's like. Where you have to report of you if you think it's child abuse, even if it turns out that it wasn't, mm-hmm. and people make fun of you, you're like, dude, that would you know. At least you're like, hey, yeah, I, I can I can go to bed, no problem. I sleep yeah. like a baby, and turns out like we have been vindicated. But let's say we aren't. Mm-hmm. There'd be part of me that'd be like, ah, huh, well, it turns out the vaccine wasn't bad at all. I would still be proud of being like, yeah, but you know what? I didn't bend over. Like I, I spoke my mind and I, right. and I have the freedom to learn. I have the freedom to be an idiot and be wrong. Yeah. There is no, there is sacrifice, but man, it is like having, it's just weights pulled off your shoulder. You're just like, <sighs> you're like, yep, I, I did the right thing. Everything else is kind of easy after that. You're like, I, you're like I can look myself in the mirror. I'm like, you might be weird and a loser, but you did the right thing. Fist bump, <laughs> like you know, like, like good, good job, Tommy boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, you might be, you might be, you might be clinically insane, but like you know what, you did the right thing, and like yeah. that's something that you can hang your hat on. You don't need validation from anyone. It's something, yeah, you can pray, you can go, yeah. I, there's no. It's like one less thing you feel like you need to confess. You're like, I'm, yeah, I'm an egotistical person. I'm a narcissist. I'm imperfect. Mm-hmm. But I did do the right thing. Like, I might have failed the test, but I absolutely wrote my name with perfect cursive and I got the date right. Like, you can at least put that aside and you're like, I did one part right. Yeah. Well, that's why I tell people, you know, I don't care what your truth is. If your truth is that you think the, the, uh, the injection is a saving grace and it's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Great. Say it. Yeah. Tell people that, Yeah. you know, have a conversation, allow, allow conversations to take place. You know, when, when you're sitting there and, and somebody is putting down and discriminated against somebody, speak up and tell them that that's not right. And mm-hmm. that you're not, you know, that, you know, they, they shouldn't do that. And, and when I tell people, you know, like I, I, I'm a fighter by nature. I mean, I got kicked out of two public schools and had to go, to Catholic school by seventh grade, right? I mean, that's who I am inside of me. I don't keep my mouth shut um, when I when I see things happening that are wrong. It's it's who I am, and I guess I've just honed that, you know, for my whole life. That when yes, I did get you know at the pinnacle of my career, and and I'm a government employee making bank and having all these benefits. You know, I still knew the person that was a teenage mom at 16 with two kids, you know, that that could go clean houses for money and, and wash windows for money, you know. So 
that that's the thing. Like, you know, I think Americans, they're just so used to being comfortable and anything that, you know, messes with that or threatens that they don't want to have any part in it, but what they don't know because they've been having their head down, you know, doing as they're told for the last two years, you know, they haven't looked up and seen what the future is in store for them. And, um, you know, they're, they're just trying to strip away our li- liberties. And, you know, I think as far as connecting with people, I think people have, you know, come back together. Um, families that were, you know, kind of destroyed. Now, you know, I do see families like in friendships being mended and, and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's not going to continue if we don't talk and, and we have to speak in love and kindness and um and just speak our truth you know well i was gonna say your name's jody o'malley my name's thomas patrick kerrigan i mean we do share that common just just hard-headed irishness so yes (laughs) (laughs) you're you're preaching you're preaching to the choir like everyone else is watching this like what the hell is wrong with these two people (laughs) (laughs) screaming about god in america and everyone's like just 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 shut up and get along to go along and we're like fight to the death and it's like, right, yeah. like say something yeah. all the other irish people are watching it and they're like they're like yeah <laughs> they're like, yeah. yeah well you know what well i'm not i'm not ashamed of that but um me neither miss o'malley i gotta wrap this one up because i got another guest in the waiting room so uh, yeah i would love to have you on again sometime that was wonderful thank you so much for your time uh i hope you enjoyed it and uh yeah that, that was great that. That was fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Awesome. Thank you, Tommy. All right. I'll send it to you when it's up. Um, As I said, yeah, I would love to do another one. And um, again, thank you so much. So Yeah, I'll send you a website um, if you can direct people to it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah. Text to me. I'll put it in the description. Okay, awesome. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. God bless America. Thank you so much for everything.